0: Hi, everyone. Unfortunately, the boys and I couldn't get to record this week, so enjoy one of our classic episodes and one of our favorite episodes. Hi, and welcome to the Creating, Living, and Making podcast. I'm, Adam, I'm one of your hosts, Adam Mackey, and today I'm joined by Molly Kurt. Hello. And the great Alexander. Hello. So, guys, it's been... Five days since we last recorded, I think. You um, got most done.
1: (laughs) It feels like just yesterday. It does. Uh, Well, one thing I wanted to say before we even got into anything is uh, I wanted to add a little bit of wisdom about uh, a strategy that I see uh, in Instagram, uh, especially and somewhat in YouTube as well. But I find it's something I've totally forgot to mention last week, so I wanted to add it in this week. Uh, if you comment on people's posts, you're almost guaranteed to grow. Uh, I I was this guy I follow. Uh, he we, we both hit 500 in the same week. Um, he literally comments on every post, which is great, and he's engaged and everything. Like he's not doing it just to try and grow. I think he just gen- genuinely is commenting on people's posts, saying like encouraging things, not like thumbs up. No mm-hmm. offense, Fred McIntyre. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, like he actually like comments and like tries to make conversations with people and stuff. Uh, but he's now at 10,000 subscribers or followers. Sorry. It's Instagram. So we hit 500 in the same week. I'm at 1300. He's at 10,000. He comments on everyone's posts. I don't cause I'm lazy.
2: How much of that so. do you think is causation though? And how much is correlation? Like is there- I think.
1: So he's not the only one I've seen that does that. So Zach builds another one. He's at 27,000 subscribers. I think he comments on everyone's posts, Uh, see custom builds comments on everyone's posts. Like I see him everywhere and they're growing and they keep growing. So I think it's, it has to do with Instagram wants engagement. So they push out people who are engaging.
2: Makes sense.
0: So I've been testing this theory for four days now since you put that out. I started with 272 followers on Instagram. I now have 273.
2: It's working. <laughs> yeah, that is a positive correlation.
1: <laughs> no, but like I think you also I think have to go out looking for new posts to comment on. Like you can't just. Oh,
0: definitely. Yeah. I like, know you what you mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. that's just something I wanted to put out there before we got into this week's what I we, what am I working on? Uh, but in my clamps this week, I finished my dad's poker chip holder, and I'll be giving that to him tomorrow. Um, uh, because I'm going to be seeing him when I go camping, and that's the other part that uh, that I was like, I was all set for today. Like I, I had like a plan in my head today, and today's been a very stressful day because around. Uh noon, maybe one o'clock. I went to go change I was like inspecting my tires on my trailer and I was like, Oh I, you know, I don't like the looks of this one. It looks like the uh the, the the belts have have come off this uh this tire and it just kinda looks like crap. Anyways, I wanted to change it up and uh swap it for the spare tire. And I went to go jack up my trailer and I get underneath and the frame is broken. Oof. So that thing that I've been spending weeks sanding, for you know, no real good reason, just to try and make it look slightly nicer, I probably should have looked underneath and seen that the frame
2: was broken because was it was it like rusted out or did it just snap somewhere?
1: So it's like a common. Uh, well, first of all, it's like forty-five years old, so it's not did not you jack new. It up
0: in the wrong spot.
1: Nope. It's a common <laughs> problem from it uh, being towed. It just. Like right. the internet is filled with people who who have broken frames and they just break always in the same spot on one side or the other. It's just like mm-hmm. a, a bad design, but something the last 45 years I don't know, I don't sound that bad to me. Yeah, so, 40,
0: 45 years old back in the day, they probably didn't have the um ruling and stuff they would have now to make sure that doesn't happen,
1: right? The other thing, so it's made with 16 gauge uh square rectangular tubing, so it's like 116th thick, uh. Tubing is not very thick. It's. It was probably... If I rebuilt it today, it would probably last another 45 years. But if I'm going to rebuild it, I'm going to build it with slightly thicker uh, tubing. Yeah, right. Which is probably what I'm going to do next year. And it's something that maybe will become a bit of a side project. Uh, I don't know if anyone follows like Andy Rawls or... Uh, you can make this too, but they're both; those two are both re- restoring an Airstream, Ooh. and that's they're they're. I don't know if that's doing. I, I I might reach out to them and say, like, are your trailer restoration videos actually doing well for you? Or are they hindering you? Because it's they also, kind of it's
2: also a pretty big project, so it's probably something you want to make sure you want you're interested in enough before you dive into making videos about it.
1: Oh yeah. I guess like, I know I'm interested enough in it cause I've been doing projects before I was videoing. Mm-hmm. Like I've been redoing this trailer for a while. Yeah. But I just, I, it's nice sometimes to do something and not film it. Oh, for sure. That's, I think a topic. Feeling. Yeah. I think that's a topic for another whole episode, but uh, anyways, so I'm going to, I, today I spent some time at my friend's house and we jacked the trailer up and Got underneath and welded it, and put some extra support in there, so it will hopefully hold for at least this weekend. And
0: yeah, yeah. There's you- actually um, that's actually a nice little sequence into one of mine. So I just bought a car, Ooh. so pretty get? excited about that. Uh, Ford Ranger, nice. Ooh. Yeah, which I talked about last week in the you know um, i actually saw a ford
2: ranger today and i was like you know that is like a like you did you end up going with like the 2010 sort of year 2010 yeah uh yeah so that's what this one looked like and i was like it is a pretty perfect size truck
0: yeah it's it's a good it's a, it's such an adjustment though like i used to have a actually it's sitting at my work a ford falcon and like i've lost power in the like high end and then i'm driving this thing that's like so much bigger this thing is 5.1 meters long which i don't know what that is in feet you can work it out <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah like it's it's so much bigger but it's like in my falcon i sit on the freeway at like 110 kilometers
1: oh you put, guys I'll had down
0: to overtake someone
1: you guys had a different ford ranger than we did in 2010 did we yeah, you guys had the newer Probably. version, the better version. Yeah. So what you were looking at, Morley, you were looking at the smaller version.
2: Yeah, I'm just – oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Like it's – there's that – yeah, I got you. It's the more like sporty looking one. Yeah. It's like the Ford Sport yeah. Track a little bit.
1: Yeah, but even, it's even bigger than that. So like the Ranger you were looking at is exactly the perfect size car. The new Rangers are – to me a little big. So when you were like it's five point one oh, meters, I, park, I was like, oh my god, that thing's big. Yeah.
0: I parked next to a new one yesterday and like it made mine look like a Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah, they're insanely big. But yeah. But um yeah, it's just been a bit of an adjustment like driving it, like to and from work. Because I drive on the highway a lot, so like before I drive the Falcon, I could overtake someone, I'd put my foot down and just go like 110 to 160, like instantly. This thing, I wouldn't even put my foot down. Like it, I'd just blow it up if I did.
1: <laughs> what? <laughs> t- what engines in it?
0: Turbo diesel.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah, that thing can probably yeah, tow, tough. tow like a million pounds.
0: Yeah, exactly one million. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, well,
1: that's exciting. Yeah, bro. so.
0: Yeah, segue. So, what I was saying was um, there's a few things I want to do to it, so I'm excited to, like, do, like, work on it, but it won't be on camera. So, like, just, you know, get my hands dirty and and make some things and that sort of stuff and not film it. And Cool. And, yeah, so, yeah. Um, And still working on the Because We're Making Lightness Challenge lamp, which is um, coming along. I've made the base of the table. I've got the pole in it for the um, the actual lamp part, and then I've just got to make the legs, which I cut the molds out. Um, Is it like epoxy yesterday? or
2: resin or something?
0: No. So when, I, yeah, when I say molds, I mean like I cut a uh, what it what do you call it where you cut like a shape out of a um like to template um, yeah template thing where you put it in. Oh, like bent wood lamination. A between form. the two, a form, oh, yeah, and then form. like and sandwich it to like make the shape. Yeah, ah, actually. yeah, cool. So I'm not thinking properly, but yeah. So um, so I got two of those to glue up and hopefully get done, and then attach them to the table and add the wiring and the lamp on top, and it's done. Sweet,
2: come down to oh, construction. You, you got four days from recording. was five. <laughs>
1: yeah oh my god i don't think i'm gonna make it
2: come on you can i hope it. i make all it. you need is a like a picture and that's the entry
0: yeah you know, I, um, mine's, I'm, not, I'm not gonna get the video done on time no way
1: yeah it's gonna be difficult anyway because like that's today that was what i i took the whole week off work to do this stuff and you know <laughs> instead of spending three hours working on that i spent three hours you know working on the frame of my work trailer trailer yeah right, fair. it just sucks
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: and then I'm going camping, so it's not like I... Anyway, I might get it in by a pitcher, but then, yeah.
2: Well, speaking of days going awry, that kind of segues into my... what's been in my clamp. So um, I've just been... Uh, kind of like I said last week, uh, just doing some brainstorming and working on this tripod strap, which is pretty cool. It's like I'm... it was a little... I wasn't super feeling it at the beginning, but now... I am really happy with how it's coming along, which is always nice when you kind of get over that hump. So today I was working on that, went outside, went for a little walk, like to break up my days with walks sometimes, especially with the whole lockdown thing. It can be sometimes you realize you haven't been outside in a while. So I went for a walk and I thought to myself, huh, I don't see my bike. And I usually lock it on like one of three or four bike bike racks in front of our building. I was like, okay, maybe it's down the block didn't see it, realized that, oh, my bike was definitely stolen. So that wasn't great. Um, I use my bike pretty much every day, um, basically to get around the city, do Home Depot runs. I do some bike delivery work to make money. So it's uh, it's pretty nice to have. Um, Toronto's super bikeable, and I try to do it as much as I can. So I was kind of bummed about that. Um, so I just kind of continued my walk to clear my head and started thinking, Well, you know, I've heard um, the common thing to do for bike thieves is they take the bike and they put it for sale on Craigslist or Kijiji, like a used online used store. So I was like, well, might as well check out those and see if I can find it online. So go on Craigslist, go through the last day of all the bikes that were posted in Toronto, nothing. Go on Kijiji. And I see that two hours ago from the time I got home, someone posted my bike. It was unmistakably my bike, like no doubt in my mind. Um, Yeah, I knew 100% it was it. So I was like, okay, I got to jump on this now. If I have any chance of getting this back, I need to call this guy before someone else tries to buy it. And he, like, it was so clear it was stolen. He literally said in the description, like, um, needs to go ASAP. I think he said need it back to. (laughs) Like people sell stolen bikes all the time. How literally
0: stupid do you have to be?
2: Well, you know, I think the fact of the matter is most people don't care if they're buying a stolen bike online or they don't do the due diligence to figure it out.
1: Anyway, I also think there's a part of it that people are like naive to a fault. They like, because they're just like, wow, what a great deal. Like, can you believe the deal I got? And everyone around them is like, I'm pretty sure you just bought something stolen. And they're like, no, (laughs) I just got, I'm just such a good consumer.
2: (laughs) Exactly. So I call this guy. Uh, I'm like, hey, I saw your listing online. Um, I'm really interested in the bike. Could we maybe meet up later? And I'd love to take a look at it. He's like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, you can come by at five. So we set up a time, got the address. I was like, great. Now I have an in. I recently met uh, our next door neighbor who moved in recently, who's a super with it urban cyclist. Like he bikes everywhere. He's been biking in, in Toronto for years and years and years. I'm like, he's gonna he's gonna know the strategy to go about this. So I knock on his door, I tell him the situation. He's like, okay, there's a few things you can do. He's had a bunch of friends that have gone through this situation. Um, the cops aren't going to do anything, number one. Toronto is the bike theft capital of Canada. Um, it's small potatoes for the cops. They're just going to tell you not to go and it's a lost cause. So that's off the table right off the bat. So in other words, people steal bikes because they know that cops aren't going to do anything. Probably, yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's easy. um well if they get caught i'm sure that something would happen but anyways the thing he's seen that has worked is you go you do what i did you call saying that you want to buy it take it ask to take it for a spin very normal thing to do when you're buying a bike ask to just take it around the block and then you just book it out of there (laughs) and he says the other thing you want to do is take like a junky wallet fill it with some random stuff so that if they're a little squirrely about it, it's like, yeah, you can just hold on to my wallet while I take you around the block. Ah! They don't know that the wallet just says nothing. <laughs>
1: oh God. <laughs> that's such a, like a dollar store wallet. That's such a great idea. Yeah.
2: Well, luckily I just made myself a, a new wallet. So I have my old <laughs> one that's doing nothing. So I was like, perfect. Wow. I can do that. So I was like, okay, at this point it is probably like 2 45 PM. The place is about a 45 minute walk away. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to take some time to strategize, get that old wallet. I fill it with like condoms, uh, random stuff like floss threaders. I put a note in there that says like, "You stole my bike." Just I go want to make, a, <laughs> I want to ruin this guy's day, but also be funny about it. So, um, what I get all ready.
0: Thing to do? Yeah,
2: <laughs> ruin this
1: guy's day by putting a note that says, "You stole my bike."
0: Yeah, right. I want to ruin his day, but still be funny about it. Exactly. <laughs>
2: So essentially, I, uh, I go walk over. I'm getting myself all pumped up. I'm, I'm texting friends, telling them this, this situation. They're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Um, uh, yeah, I was listening to some Denzel Curry. Fantastic pump-up music. If you ever need to go steal your bike back from, from your, someone who stole it, I would definitely recommend listening to some Denzel Curry. Um, and I called him like 20 minutes out because he's like, yeah, just call me when you're getting here. We'll make sure that uh, I'm on my way. So I call him. And he's like, oh man, like I thought I would call you. I'm like an hour and away. Like, is there any way we can do this tomorrow? Like the most disorganized small time (laughs) criminal in in the world. Of course, bike thieves are the scum of the earth. Um, So I'm like, oh man, you know, like I really wanted to get it today. I wanted to like take it to my girlfriend's house for dinner. He's like, okay, okay. Like I'll call you back in half an hour. So I'm like, all right, I'm just in the neighborhood. Like I got some stuff to do on my phone. It's no worries. So I kind of take my time. Stop at an ATM. I get the money out that he's asking for it, so that if he um, if he asks to see the money, I have something to show him. So I like take like 140 bucks out of the ATM. Continue on my way there. This where the bike is is like the center of Toronto. Like it connect. It cannot get more downtown, urban like this. So anyone who's scared for my safety, very very public area in a in a wealthy area. So unless he asked me to come up to his apartment, in which case it's COVID and I'm not going to do that. Uh, I felt pretty (laughs) confident with with my safety. So I get there, kind of case the area just to make sure that I have a good exit route that when I get on the bike, I can get out of there. And I see the bike. It's locked outside. It's locked to a junky um, cable lock. And I was like, okay, well, at least I know it's here. And kind of just like walk around. I'm like, oh, you know, like if I just took my car here and I had some tools, I could just cut this thing free right now and be done with it. I wouldn't be breaking the laws. It's my bike. Um, I guess you could claim destruction of property, but I'm pretty sure the cops would side with me in that case. So I got to get to thinking. I go on Google, see like, okay, are there any hard dirt, hardware stores around here? Yes and i see exciting yeah i see (laughs) it's the center of toronto so it's not the best for hardware stores right like if you've ever been in the downtown of a city like yeah there's shops everywhere but like straight up amenities are kind of hard to find i remember when i was living in montreal i was was living in montreal and i was trying to find a frisbee it was like the hardest thing to find (laughs) so i found a canadian tire which uh for the non-canadians out there it's like a cross between home depot target and walmart and pep boys as grant likes to say so
0: those are those in australia it's like Kmart
2: are in order Yeah. So it's got tools. It's got everything. There's one like a 10 minute walk away. So I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't want to go there, come back. He sees me coming with bolt cutters and, but I'm like, no, this is, if I can avoid this confrontation, this is the thing to do. So I'm like, all right, this is the game plan. Got to beat him. Got to beat him. Get to get this before he gets here. So I start running, start running up the street. Um, I'm jacked up. I literally run into two friends on the way, like no joke. And I'm like, guys, you're not going to believe what's happening right now. Oh, okay. Well, wait, 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 sorry. I got, I got to back it up a little bit. Oh. Okay. So when I, when I get there to see the bike, there's a bunch of construction workers outside and I explain the situation. I'm like, guys, this dude stole my bike. I found it on Kijiji. I'm here to get it back. I'm meeting him. Like, if you guys have any tools, would you mind just cutting it free for me? Like I'll show you pictures to prove it's my bike. And they're like, no, we're not getting involved with that. Understandably, I probably wouldn't have fired them either, but just to kind of build a scene. Like there are lots of construction workers and stuff around. Okay, anyways, back to present. I'm running to the hardware store. Um again, it's COVID season, so like there's a line to get in. I'm a little worried that it's gonna take too long. But I get in. Didn't take very long. Get to the bolt cutter section. (laughs) Knowing me, I'm like the bolt
1: cutter section.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like the hand tools. I'm hemming and hauling, like, oh, should I get like the slightly cheaper half or like three sixteenth inch bolt cutters or splurge for like the three eighths. I'm like, what am I doing? I want the biggest FU bolt cutters so that I can get in there, free it, and get the heck out. So I buy the biggest bolt cutters they have, which holding them up for the boys right here. So it's it's these guys. Ooh. <laughs> Those are nice.
0: They ones. T- they have a tag on them like they like from the police station. <laughs> no, it's a tag, <laughs> a tag from the, from the tag. store.
2: 'Cause I was thinking like, okay, well hopefully I can just return them afterwards and then I'm, I'm not out seventy bucks.
1: Seventy dollars? Seventy bucks? Yeah. What well, you gotta wait for those things to go on sale because I at- wasn't waiting for any <laughs> sales in this
2: moment, Grant.
1: <laughs> so a Canadian tire, for anyone who's Canadian is gonna get this. You don't buy any tool unless it's seventy five percent off. Because that's okay, – well. every single one of their tools, especially that was a Mastercraft branded, which is the Canadian Tire brand, goes on sale 75% off at least once a year. So it's – yeah. Anyways, I get it. You obviously oh, weren't waiting. I like writing. how you it, it what it, to get it, is what it cutters
0: and get your bike back in all grants worried yeah. about saving money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, I had called him like a couple times just trying to get a sense of his timeline because I'm a little worried that like we're going to arrive at the same time. He's going to freak out and run upstairs or – I don't know. So you should just say to him, "Oh, mate, you know what? We'll just meet up tomorrow." No, but I I was on a mission. I wanted to like get it done. Um, That's what I mean. So then then he won't worry about trying to get back. I didn't want the chance that he would sell it to someone else. Like this was my bike, I was getting it back. So I go upstairs, like (laughs) because it's like an expensive tool. They're like escort me upstairs. I'm like running ahead of the store associate. I call him in line, or he calls me when I'm in line. He says, "Hey, man, I'm 20 minutes away." So I'm thinking perfect. Like I can definitely get back to the apartment, uh, within 20 minutes. I check out, start booking it back. I'm rounding the corner to the apartment or to the condo building. And I get a call from him. He says, Hey man, I'll be there in five minutes. Like, Oh geez, (laughs) that is cutting it a little close. So I make it the last like hundred meters or whatever. There's a group of construction guys around the bike and, um, Knowing how these situations go, I just made a beeline for the bike and just started cutting, like not talking to anyone. Like I'm just getting in and getting out. I didn't want to get hassled by a security guard because they'd be like, oh, you're stealing someone's bike. We're going to make a citizen's arrest, whatever. Um,
1: Which isn't so, even a thing, but yeah.
2: <laughs> anyways, I didn't want any trouble. I just wanted to get it. I just wanted to get the, get the heck out of there with me. Yeah. So I start cutting. These guys are like, oh, hey, man, you're, like, trying to cut that lock? I'm like, yeah. it's So I, I like, rapid fire tell the situation. I'm like, yeah, this dude stole my bike. I was coming here to meet him. Um, I'm, like, he's late, so I'm just saying, like, screw it. I'm doing it myself. And he, they're, like, start to help me. They're like, oh, yeah, you just got to pull it tight. Get it out. So, chink. Lock breaks. The dudes are, like, cheering. At this point, I must have had, like, a minute to spare. And... um, <laughs> All right, I'm going to, I'm going to have to curse. I can't not curse. So they, uh, you can put this out <laughs> if you want. So as I'm, leaving, I at these guys, as I'm leaving, I yelled at these guys like, yeah, d- the dude will probably be here uh, in five minutes. Tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I'm just like, so mad. I'm so mad at this guy. Oh, he just ruined God. my day. Yeah. Um, and I'm biking out. I'm like, great. I got it. I do have a bolt cutters on my shoulder and I'm riding a bike. So I was a little nervous that I was going to be stopped. <laughs> and someone's like, oh, you definitely just stole that bike. <laughs> But I felt pretty good. I felt in the clear, um, and I was like, did, "This guy's. Did, def- def- did you put them in a backpack or
1: something, or you just were I literally holding? In- oh, yeah, just,
2: what's it was in my pockets, um, <laughs> the fake wallet full of condoms and everything else. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, um, I'm like biking, feeling good. I'm like, there's no way this guy's getting in contact with me again. Because he's going to see the bike is gone and, like, realize what had happened. And he stole it, so he has no legs to stand on. But sure enough, five minutes into my journey, I get a call from him. And he says, hey, man, I'm here. And I said, oh, okay. Well, um, I got my bike back. So uh, screw you and stop stealing bikes. It's a really shitty thing to do. And he just goes, okay. And I say, bye. And just hang up. What? (laughs) Um, Block his number. I actually, honestly, like... Yes, it was a nice win. It was nice revenge, but like it's not the nicest thing just like inserting negativity in your day. So I kind of wanted to block his number before that, so I just didn't have to do like I avoided one confrontation. I didn't want to have it, anything else. Um But at least he now knows that stealing bikes hurts people. Um
1: well, so- it, sounds, it sounds like he doesn't know because he said
2: okay. No, <laughs> like, he said, he, he, he sounded so sheepish and that's what my next door neighbor was talking about. He's like, usually these guys, like once you confront them, they're so small time, just like whatever, they'll just get sheepish and like, they're not the, they're not the toughest gangsters in the world. Yeah. Saddest thing though, is that I was like, okay, great. I can just return these bolt cutters. I use them once. They're in great condition. I look on the receipt when I get back, final sale, no returns. So I'm sure what happens is people – most people who buy yeah. bolt cutters, He's, I'm assuming – people will buy them, go steal something and then return the – Yeah, or like, or like why do you buy bolt cutters? Because something is locked and you don't have the key and you need to free it. You literally need to use it once and they're expensive. So it's like, okay, yeah. good move Canadian Tire. I would do the same thing if I were you. So well,
1: If you ever I come wanted- to Ottawa, I'll buy them off you for 75% off, <laughs> <laughs> which is the price they're really
2: worth. So I'm trying to decide: like, should I keep them or should I just like try to sell them on Kijiji? Like, try to sell them so they go out and stole your bike. That's what my friends are saying. <laughs> <laughs> or start like a uh, "I'll free your stolen bike for you" business. I'll be no, a, it's a, a stolen bike private just, investigator. This is the type of
1: thing that you can never sell because the questions that come with it aren't answerable. So why do you... Oh, I can sell it on Kijiji easily. Why do you have... (laughs) Why do you have brand-new bolt cutters? (laughs) Yeah. And and then the problem is the only people... I can see the ad listing. Yeah. The only people buying them from you are criminals.
2: That's a fair point. Yeah, that's true. I I shouldn't contribute to that economy. Yeah, I can can just see the ad listing. Brand-new bolt
0: cutters, only used once.
1: (laughs) And and nobody is going to pay more than 25% of what you paid because Canadian Tire always has sales.
2: So my reasoning is bolt cutters are something that um if you're really in a bind they are really useful to have so i've
1: used them lots of times cuz now we've i have the lost. biggest
2: the biggest yeah. f u bolt cutters with the story so
1: nice yeah, <laughs> yeah we've totally used them lots of times uh so on the side i do the uh race car stuff and we lose our keys all the time so we've had to cut uh the locks going into our trailer or cut the locks going into places that we probably got locked into by accident. That's what we, <laughs> that's what we say. We got locked into the track by accident. because like we, we've sometimes like rebuilding an engine. You're there till like 11 o'clock at night and you get to the exit and they've locked yeah. the exit on you.
2: Yeah. Probably not a bad thing to keep in my car, honestly. You're right. If, yeah. if anything. It's for the. I was just doing some mad living for the listeners, and because Eden just walked in and she like, want she hasn't seen the bolt cutters yet. And <laughs> like why not? Like four feet. They're like three, four feet long. They're um,
1: gonna be uh, a little. We'll we'll include a picture of them in the Patreon exclusive post. Yeah, for sure.
2: Um, it's but it's funny. Like so, just backing up a bit. Like the neighbor who who sh- huge shout out to him because he gave me such the strategy to figure this out and. Had the wherewithal. But we had we had drinks with him on his deck a couple nights ago. And uh he's a huge biker, so he was like, Yeah, I like always keep my bikes in my apartment. I was like, Yeah, I just Eden keeps hers inside too. There's, there's a hook in the hallway, but there's only one, and mine's a lot bigger than hers. So I was like, Yeah, I just keep mine outside. It's a beater, whatever. He's like, ooh, I would never keep mine outside. Toronto's the bike thief capital of the world. And then three days later. Karma. Uh, maybe, a,
1: maybe he told the person to steal it.
2: Again, <laughs> okay, that's what my friends are saying. <laughs> like He just wanted to teach you a lesson.
1: Yeah. Maybe he wants
0: to steal on, your bike. Um, I saw a video on YouTube not long ago. Someone made a bike rack, but it was like freestanding. Oh, yeah? Oh, it was you.
2: Yeah. I just... I'm happy to have it back. Yeah. It was quite, it was a, yeah, satisfying, but those negative interactions are don't the, 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 the glimmer on them does not last for long.
1: I think it's really good that you like kind of avoided it. I think yeah. that the way that you like, it obviously costs you way more money to avoid it than the old wallet and condoms yeah. hopefully expired. Um, <laughs> You know, would have <laughs> would have oh, been.
2: Oh, <laughs> not trying to Did ruin this guy's life. you holes in the condoms <laughs> before you put them in? There? I, was the, think, know, the I was You know, I was I actually thinking about it, but oh. uh, again, not trying to ruin his life. Hmm.
1: But anyways, I think it's really great the way that you like wanted to avoid the negativity. I think that's something that a lot of people go looking for a confrontation, and I get it because sometimes that's like a way of relieving stress. Especially after, like, yeah. your bike got stolen or your car got, um, like hit in your parking lot or something. Yeah. Cause that's happened to me. Uh, my car in my old yeah, well, house. I mean, have you ever watched, um,
0: videos of people like getting back their stolen stuff?
1: I've actually, yeah. so that when Morley said like the, the, his strategy for getting it back, I was like, I've watched so many videos of that yeah. exact really? strategy. But every yeah. time oh, someone's so, filming it. Yeah.
0: Every time someone's filming it, though, they're like so confrontational because they're trying to get that reaction and footage. Yeah, you know, so it makes the situation worse.
2: Yeah, it's it's not worth it. No. I don't know. I feel like, especially nowadays, when I have limited social interactions, I want them to be like as positive as possible. Because I don't know those na- these things do really stick with you, and a lot of times more so than the positive things.
0: Or at least they have a great story.
2: Exactly. And it's, it was worth $70 yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah.
1: Totally. And you can use those bolt cutters in the future.
2: I'm going to steal win- so many bikes with them.
1: I was just going to say, it, I could use a new bike. I still use my Super Cycle that I have from high school. Supercycle yeah. is like the brand that Canadian Tire sells. And you get them on sale at the end of the season for 75% off. So I'm pretty sure I paid like $50 for a bicycle. That I'm still using to this day. And high school was twenty years, 15, 15 years ago.
2: Now I know how old you are. Yeah, no, it's more than
0: that. Mine was fifteen years ago.
1: I'm not that much older than you.
0: Like five years.
1: No, I'm. I was born in '84,
0: and I was born in '89. So it's five years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, math Sorry, is hard. Sorry, just to make you feel old. <laughs> yeah, math is hard, okay? <laughs> anyway, let's
0: move on a little bit. Um, have you actually worked on anything this week, Fully? Um,
1: yeah. In the last yeah, five said, days? He said tripod yeah. strap.
2: Yeah, I'm working on the tripod strap. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and just like real a quick. I'm great story. It's been like a good <laughs> amount of work figuring out um, getting to my sister's wedding in the States. But um, yeah. So that's been taking up a lot of energy. But looks like we're gonna do it. So, I see you can go. Fingers crossed. We think so. It's um, yeah. it's it's like ninety percent. Is it one of the? Yeah, you'll just, have to quarantine, I guess. Yeah. Well, two weeks. We're already making our quarantine plans. We got lots of fun stuff. But is me. that you have to quarantine when you come back, or you have to quarantine both ways? Uh just when we get back. We were a little scared we'd have to quarantine both of oh, but right. that is not the case. I just have to get a yeah. negative negative COVID test before. Actually, I have to get two before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll save that for next week.
0: I saw that on um, Mark Rovers' last video. Mm.
2: So does that mean that we're going to
1: have to find a special guest host for a couple of weeks?
2: I can duck away for an hour. It'll be okay. 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 (laughs) I'm there for a week. I can find an hour.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, let's...
2: Well, let's move on to our topic. Yeah, which has nothing to do with stolen bikes. Yeah,
1: I could talk about um, so, uh, like stolen bikes all day, but <laughs> so this this
0: um this came up in the after show last week, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's how we came up. Yeah, yeah. So during the after show last week, we started talking about um like our dream houses and and dream shops and and that. So we decided that we wanted to elaborate a bit more on that on an episode. Um.
2: Yeah, so So, I guess I'll start it off. When I was when okay. I was young.
1: <laughs> what what is the topic?
2: Dreamhouse Dream Shop. What? Dreamhouse Dream Shop. I missed that. What? Dreamhouse How did you miss Dream Shop? <laughs> Grant, we've been talking about that.
1: Oh, it's been a stressful day. This is not my Wait, first
0: You you're actually being serious. You didn't know what the topic was.
1: No, I did. I didn't hear I thought... it though. I didn't hear you oh, okay.
2: say it. I, was oh. say. I thought you were... Anyway, Okay, All right, sorry, so sorry, sorry when guys. I, when, I was a, when I was a young kid, um, the, the town I grew up in had like a very historic main street, like very classic American downtown, lots of brick buildings and whatever. And there was this old library at the head of the main street, at the top of the hill. And I always thought it would be like the coolest thing ever to live there, because um, it's like it's, it has this very like haunted kind of feeling. And I think I've always just thought it'd be cool to buy like an old Victorian mansion or something and really just like deck it out and make it my own. I don't know. Maybe that was too much reading like childhood spy novels when uh, the, uh, the the spy master uncle has like this Victorian mansion with all the hidden chambers and everything. But I always thought that would be really cool as a kid. But, you know, now, a few years older, I kind of realize how much work would go into taking an old decrepit mansion and modifying it. So... (laughs) I don't really know if that's the case anymore. There's also like weird things with old houses where like a lot of the proportions don't make sense. You have a lot of little rooms where it feels very confined. So I don't know. Grant kind of mentioned this in the after show last week. It's like your dream house is this amalgamation of all these things that can never fit together. (laughs) So you have to kind of choose one.
1: (laughs) It's so true. It's, it's impossible. Like you want a cabin in the woods and downtown. It's like yeah. you want your pri- you <laughs> want five <laughs> acres of downtown property is what you want
0: my my dream house is actually um quite funny is actually pretty much just an American house <laughs>
2: oh like your, your standard so, shingles so
0: like, colonial um i mean of course i want I would love a big house i I've designed houses when I've been bored in the past so, you know I'd love to have a house that wraps around a pool and all that sort of stuff and like an indoor pool um but I would, I would just, here in Australia, I'd, I don't even know if it's legal, but um, I would just love to have a basement underneath my house with like a double car garage access that I can actually bring material in and that'd be my shop.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Fully soundproof that I could go in there at midnight. No one would even know I'm in there. Um, and then a house on top. Like that would be sort of the dream. If not, I'd love to live on like acreage with a huge- F off, shed out the back as a workshop. Nice. And again, soundproof so I can work on it in there anytime. Yeah. Just like David Pesciuto.
1: Or like Jimmy Dressed Dresta. Like he bastard. Uh, yeah. He like, just
0: has no neighbors and doesn't have to worry.
1: Yeah. Well, if you got acreage, yeah. it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, that's true. Oh, yeah. As long as it's far enough away from the house.
1: Right. Which I think that's like, I think Jimmy's far enough away from his house, but he also like... Yeah, You know, he doesn't have kids, so it's not as big of a deal.
2: So it's yeah. funny. I think it's kind of hard for me to think about my dream shop because I don't really have a workshop right now. So it's like any sort of <laughs> dedicated space would be better than what I have right now. <laughs>
0: <Well, laughs> That's it, it, even the same for me, and it's probably the same for Grant, is that I, le- I have a single car garage as my shop. So like a dream shop would be a double car yeah, garage. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so um, my my dream shop is actually smaller than my current shop. Like, if right. I were to not move, if I just had dream shop, not dream house, it's yep. a backyard, like, not not much bigger than, like, smaller than what I currently have, because then heating is better. Like, so this is, like, money is no object so like, versus money is, like, reality. Reality is I could have a dream shop in my backyard.
2: Oh, cool. Yeah. Do you think that's it's something like you Colin might shoe at a point?
1: I've drawn up plans a couple of times, but it's, like, wh- like when I, like, I don't know if you've seen the videos where, like, in the background, my car, my wife's car is parked in the garage while I'm doing work on stuff because it's the middle of winter, like, and I don't have heat, and I don't have air conditioning, um, those two things would be, like, guaranteed, Dream Shop needs those, but it's something I've thought about a lot, but it's just, like, we currently don't have the funds for it. It's really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, obviously that's going to be the same for all of us. Um, yeah.
2: Well, let's, let's I constrain mean, it a no, little no, bit money. Like no, no shops on the moon, no space station shop. <laughs> if you would have to bring it a little down to earth. Um, I,
0: I think, yeah, let's, um, so I'll go a bit more in depth into my sort of shop. So I would love to have a shop that is set up specifically for, for making like with wood have good dust collection. I'd love to have a big CNC, like not just a little tabletop one, but a full size, like what J Bates just got. Um, and mainly I'd probably end up using that more than anything else anyway, because I would love to do production stuff. Um, but just mainly just something comfortable. I mean, you get a shop that's too big and it, it it's, it's going to be that exactly too big. You don't have to have to walk five kilometers down the road just to get to your <laughs> table saw from your workbench. Like, you know, just something that's comfortable, a good size and like just clean the same as you heat and, um, air corner
2: and mass. So you're and, almost, you're almost yeah. describing, uh, the scenery shop that I work in. So that's, um, it's a shop that is built primarily to deal with, um, theater flats. So essentially four by eight walls and then all other sorts of like Scenery that might be created out of CNC parts. So they have a four by eight CNC that's running all the time. They have two full size table saws with like outfeed, crazy outfeed on every end because you're, you're always Good. maneuvering full panels through them.
1: That's um, something I would love to have is way more outfeed.
2: Yeah. Walk around work tables Those are huge. huge for that. Work tables yeah. in the middle of the room that you can get all the way around that are really wide. So you can like even stand on it if you need to. Um, and then a whole dedicated paint area, the, the paint booth there is like massive because they're oh, be so nice. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is pretty nice. Like, and
1: so what I do right now is anytime I want to do something that's like, if I want to use my, my garage as a woodworking at the same time as doing anything that's like paint or finish, I do that in a different room. Like I do it in my basement you know something that Adam doesn't have but uh you know like that's a that sounds like so nice like that's something i didn't even think of i would want a separate paint area so now my dream shop just doubled in size damn it how
0: how um how big is your basement
1: same size. Like
0: I know you're in it now.
1: Yeah. So this is like what I'm in right now is the tiniest room in my basement. It's my office. <laughs> so, is
0: like, do you use the basement for anything else? Or is there a reason why you haven't turned it into the workshop? So
1: we don't have. So a lot of basements have like a walkout into like a, either the backyard or the front yard or whatever. But yeah. we we don't have that. So you so can't just getting get stuff in there. Would be yeah, getting stuff in here would be really annoying. Yeah, and most Which is of
0: exactly why I said I'd want garage yeah. door access.
1: Right. So for me it's uh it's just not it's not feasible. Like yeah. I know like White Lab Woodworks or whatever, I can't remember if it's Woodworks or Woodshop or whatever. Uh he's in Minnesota, I think, and he's got uh he's got a like walkout basement and it just looks so much nicer to to work in the basement that way, but it's just yeah. not feasible with the way my house is designed without making a big change.
0: Could you could you imagine Jimmy's old shop?
1: Yeah, I've been there. Well, you come out yeah. into the middle You've of the street. You've been to Jimmy's old shop?
2: Let me let me Oh, that. actually no. I've been to Have where? you
0: seen <laughs> Oh. No.
2: And it's um, Have you seen Adam Savage's? Uh, yeah, well, I mean his has high ceilings.
0: That's the big difference. No, but you literally enter it through a manhole.
2: Adam Savage's current cave Oh, I think it was the old one, maybe. I don't know. His yeah. current one, yeah, the ceilings had, are so high. I would think that it's, it's like in an industrial district or something.
1: Well, what about like
2: I don't know, this Jimmy one was Furs, on
1: like, or Colin Furs, sorry? He's got like you go through his little shed into the, it's pretty much a manhole. Yeah, it's like,
2: yeah. It, oh, it's just going quickly back to Jimmy's shop, though. It's funny, yeah. though, because it's just like intermixed with restaurants and stuff on the Lower East Side. You can find it because his bench is outside. <laughs> with a stencil welded to the post. And then there's this weird storefront that has like doll heads in the window. Really? Um, But yeah, it's that that hatch in the sidewalk is not big. No.
1: Right. But he, I like, when I look at that, he had a lot of room. It just was really segregated. It was really like, if you've ever seen someone walk through it and film it, it was super segregated and really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mainly just talking about the entry. Yeah, venture trying to get stuff in
0: and out. Like,
1: yeah. if you're not working with a lot of, I mean, plywood, plus he yeah. has
0: like fifty thousand bandsaws. So <laughs> I
2: don't know how many he had down there.
1: Yeah, I think he only had two.
2: So yeah. bringing it around to houses a little bit, because I feel like I have more to say about that. Um, I love. I've always loved home architecture. A big part of that is because my mom is a designer, and we've always just like really enjoyed looking at houses together. And I feel like when I think realistically about like how I want like, my life to look in a house, a modern style house like, makes a lot of sense. Because all, like, modern homes, to me, like, when you boil it down, it's basically just like you're creating the home to mirror the interior layout as much as possible. You have a series of boxes. It's just a series of rooms that are all connected. And if I could just arrange those rooms however I wanted, I feel like it would just end up looking like a, just a modern house from the outside. Hmm. Um, I mean, that being said, you can do a lot with the outside, but I've always thought that I was like, yeah, I feel like when I think about like all these different, like if I want like a library and this big kitchen for entertaining or whatever else, like it would, it would, it would take that form.
1: It's interesting. Cause uh, so I've all, I like segregation. I know there's like, I love having a big open space in a house, but I like having segregated rooms that are like, this one's for this purpose. Like you say, like I want a library. Yeah. I don't want my library to be in my kitchen. But a lot of people like <laughs> want a giant open concept, everything is open, right? It's like I don't yeah. want that. I want to have like – if I were to have a ginormous house, I would want separate places. But I want one place that's big enough to entertain all of my friends, so three or four people, um, <laughs> right? But well, – um- yeah.
0: My mate just showed me the plans. He's about to build a house. They're on there like third now, but um, they're about to build a house. And he just showed me the plans and it's like pretty much exactly what I would want, but then at a basement or a <laughs> workshop somewhere. It's like, it's got a, it's got a cinema room, a games room. They've got the kitchen, which then has like sliding big open doors out onto a deck with an outdoor kitchen, like nice. just beautiful, like Pretty much exactly what you would want, like perfect to entertain,
2: perfect like living and everything. So, so a couple weekends ago, I went to Niagara on the Lake, which to the non Canadians and Americans is pretty close to Niagara Falls. It's a really nice wine country, and my uncles live there. So I we had dinner at their house, and they built this house um, a couple years ago, and they built it as they're like we're retiring. We're going to make this house exactly what we want. And it's a really, it's a really interesting layout. Like they love to entertain. So the kitchen is like really big. They have art everywhere. And it's actually only one story and all the living space is in the basement, but the basement has like 10 foot ceilings. So it doesn't really feel like a basement so much, especially because the windows are very, I don't know what those are called. The the dugouts for basement windows, Mm -hmm. there's a specific word for them but they're like really deep. Um, and it's a, it was a really interesting idea. Um, it didn't really feel like there was much of a downside for it. I guess you do. What tends to happen is that like if they want bright rooms, they are hanging out in the first floor most of the time. But like for an office, for example, makes so much sense in a basement. They have like an exercise room down there. So much sense in a basement, a TV room. Like if you're having a room, if you have one room for like entertaining and reading um, or like taking a nap. Well, maybe not so much taking a nap. <laughs> you might probably want that room to have windows, but if you have a room that's like a TV room, there's no reason it has to have uh, right. big old windows.
1: So my basement, like, I don't know why, but whoever was the stupid person who decided which room was going to be what decided that the furnace room got the window and the laundry room got the window and everyone else doesn't have windows. <laughs> like, Whoever, like, so the previous owners finished, like, did all the finishing on the basement. So at that point, they easily could have decided where to put the walls up. And they put walls up around so that the laundry room and the and the uh, the furnace room both have the windows. Nowhere else in my basement has windows. So I spend, like, most days, eight hours a day in a windowless room in my basement. Which is really great because it's, like, no sun, so I don't, you know, get very hot. But other than that,
2: it's feel kind you of feel depressing. A little weird, you feel a little weird after a while.
1: Yeah, like I go upstairs and I just go, whoa, whoa, it's so bright out. What the hell? I, yeah. Like, you feel like it's night all the time.
2: Yeah. I love having my main living space very bright, as I'm sure most people do. Um, And my my mom... In her home office, they basically renovated the barn that was on their property. So the whole upstairs of the barn is all insulated, it's all finished. It's her like work, clean work area. It has rows of windows on both sides. So no matter if the sun is rising or setting, it's like super bright. And then downstairs is like a 10 foot ceiling, furniture storage, and painting. And I always think, like, ooh, if I ever move to that house, I'm definitely converting that to my shop and office space. It's, like, it would be perfect.
1: So there's a – so on, like, thoughts on, like, like ridiculous houses that I would love to have, there's an old firehouse in downtown Ottawa that's been converted to being an actual, like, house.
2: Ooh, Um, old firehouses are sick.
1: Yeah, so – that just to me, like when I look at it, like obviously, the, some things have been removed, like the pole, which is obviously disappointing. But uh, but it <laughs> Why still has obviously? like who cool would man.
2: remove the pole? That's like a main selling point.
1: <laughs> I know, but uh, but it does have like the it has the big doors till they've been like it looks like they've been converted to like windows, but they didn't remove the fact that it had like giant door, like the garage door for the en- like fire engines to come out. Um, but they've been converted to just, like, standard windows that don't, uh, you know, can't can't open, like, a garage. But I just look at that and I just go, that would be a place to live. Like, I wouldn't com- – I'd convert the garages back into a garage door, right? But
2: – so yeah. an
1: old firehouse ho- is, like, the thing I would want to live in. Yeah. If I had, and like- they're
2: all beautiful. Like, firehouses are such nice buildings most of the time.
1: We're, yeah. like, the old ones, yeah. And they're often, like, in these, like – residential areas because they tried to put them where fires happened, which was all yeah. over the city, right? Like it wasn't a, it wasn't like something like, Oh no, that's an industrial thing. You need to go into the industrial zone. Like firehouses were everywhere. Yeah. So that would be like, I don't know if I could, if I had all the money in the world, I'd get a fire house that was waterfront and that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: See, the, the thing with a shop for me is like, I just want a place where I feel like I can be creative and make the things that I want to make. And honestly, like where I am, yeah, exactly. where I am right now, I feel that so much. Like, I feel like with just the corner I have, um, the possibilities are endless and I can go in there and give an idea and like make it become a reality. And maybe it's just because like I've done enough sorts of different projects there that I've gotten the confidence. Um, but yeah, it's like maybe that's why I don't really like romanticize a dream shop so much. It's like, yes, it'd be great to live in the woods and have a shop that could walk out into the woods and all this light and high ceilings and that'd be amazing. Um, but it's it's like it's anything else, it's a tool. That's kind of how I think about it.
1: And they always say that the worst craftsman blames his tools. <laughs> huh?
2: That being said, Laura Comp's shop with the three levels in the back, I don't know if she's in it anymore. Oh, the last one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't really sure when she moved, but that one is incredible. And like, what a place to be inspired.
1: She's always like, but she's always made the most of her areas. Like, I don't know why she keeps moving. I don't know what's going on there, but like every time she moves, she moves into an even more interesting place. Her current place seems like a lot smaller than the last one. And I think she has like a, an outbuilding with a, that's made out of a container. Yeah, sorry, sorry, lost track of my uh, words there for a second, but yeah, it's got an outbuilding <laughs> with like a container, and it's really cool. But her last one with the the like the stories in the background, yeah, that was awesome.
2: Yeah, and I think that's like oh, just, I was- just sorry, just to wrap it up. I think it's like part of the thing with this like creative, motivated people is they will always make a space just as creative and interesting as they are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, you look at, um, uh, did you guys watch Jackman's latest I've video where he's moving? Mm. His shop, like, you didn't. I didn't realize how small his shop was. He makes it look so big. Yeah. And it actually made me think, like, if I was to sell my workbench, which I'm thinking about doing and making a new one, and moving my workbench to somewhere else in the shop, I could easily fit a cabinet saw in my workshop. Like the the issue is that I, I've always tried to keep a path down the middle so that we can still use it to get in and out because we have a doorway into the house as well. Um, but if I was to just turn around and make it just a straight up shop, yeah, just, I reckon I could make it so much more efficient.
2: Could you feasibly just like eliminate that doorway as a use, like a way to get in and out of the house?
0: Well, I'd probably keep it as a doorway in and out of the shop. But would
2: it? But would it so like wouldn't not be able to use a as a door? way to get in and out of the house with that like? really negatively affect your family
0: no not really cool but yeah well
2: look at like john kaipoff's shop that's it's similar to that the center is a table saw and he uses it as a desk most of the time like he'll set up all his live streaming stuff on it
0: well that, and that's the thing like with we, I think with Jackman that's the way he he had like the cabinet saw with the outfeed tables the outfeed tables were his workbench. We
2: yeah. always we always joked uh so, when I was working maintenance at that off-grid lodge we had a saw stop and we joked that it was like the world's most expensive workbench because we would always <laughs> use we would always use the extension table as a workbench because it was like it was there.
0: I think my biggest thing like with the shop I'm in now is I never wanted to be stuck where I have to have the garage door open to use a tool. Mm. So I didn't want it. you know, I don't want to have a cabinet saw like right near the door where I have to have the door open to be able to actually feed something in, especially for lighting with camera gear and stuff. Like I've specifically put lights in my shop to, so that it's all the same everywhere. Yeah. If I have to have the garage door open, then my color temperatures all go out of whack.
1: Right. I I so. Told- Oftentimes, I'll be doing something with the garage door open, and then I'm like, "Oh, yeah. I gotta film this step," and then I close the garage door, and it's like such oh, a gosh. weird thing to me because I'm like, "Oh, natural light yeah. is really great, but I I don't want it. Like, it ruins the the color temperature, but it just also ruins the continuity of my shop.
0: Exactly, yeah. Because ninety yeah. percent
1: of my stuff I do is after like after the sun's gone down." So if I ever, unless I'm doing something that, like, I need to be outside, it, yeah. Yeah.
2: No, I know what you mean. Yeah. I just don't worry about continuity.
0: (laughs) I I think the biggest thing I need to look at before I go go any further is dust collection. I don't have any at the moment, and, like, my shop's always full of dust, and I I hate it. I feel like... I've always had allergies to dust and stuff, so...
2: I feel like brass tacks, the two most important things in it, well... Two of the most important things are dust collection and just being able to use a tool without having to move other things out of the way. If you can do those two things, you are doing very well.
1: Oh, man. I wish – like I just don't have a – like I have a problem with like there's a horizontal surface stuff like I literally spend half the time I'm out in the garage moving stuff from one horizontal surface to another horizontal surface, to then later have to move it back because I now needed to use yeah. that other tool. I don't. I just. Are well, you trying to get it out of the shot? Yeah. Well, no. I never. I never once have ever thought it's something's in the shot that has never been a. It's just really? literally it's on top of the tool I needed today.
2: Do you have vertical space yeah. you could use?
1: I've used it all. Okay. I've see lit- that was cause like, that. Were-
2: just in our apartment, that's something we realized where it's like, oh, we, we are – when we first moved in, we're like, we are not using this vertical space enough. We have so much more than horizontal space.
1: Right. My walls are completely covered from floor to ceiling, and I even have stuff on the ceiling. Like like I literally have every single spot, but I just – like the problem is if you're working on more than one project, that's where it really gets into the – like I, I really yeah. wish there was like – I could have way more tables like I want way yeah. more flip up tables that just like, oh, I need more table space, flip another table up. Like, but they take up room from your wall space, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that that's like the, the having to move tools and stuff is specifically why I built the bench along the back wall that I did was that now I've got my four workbench tools that I use that I didn't use before because it was too much of a pain to get them out. I never used the bandsaw because it was too much of a pain to get it out. I used it the other day for the first time. And, like, it's just such good things to have set up ready to go. Um, the other thing, too, I don't I don't know what your guys' rules are in Canada. I think America, if you're renting a place, you can pretty much do whatever you want, right?
2: No. <laughs> to an extent.
0: No? If you're rent- well, I'm like, renting. I see videos, a- and people, like, literally just do whatever they want. I think it depends on your lease. Right. I
1: also think it depends. So in
0: Australia, yeah,
1: I think it depends like if you like you have to return it to the state that you bought it or that you you started renting it so yeah, which
0: is how it is for right.
1: us so you could do whatever you want as long as you return it to the state
0: yeah but we get we get inspections every six months
1: oh yeah, my
0: landlord so, hasn't been it um, the- moved in.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah yeah well ours don't come every six months they're supposed to come they can come up to four times a year but in saying that they're coming to make sure that everything is in order. So if they come in and see the, I can't like, I can't screw stuff to the walls and everything in the, in the shop because like, if they come in and say, and see all that, they're going to say, well, what the hell are you doing? Like I can't turn around and say, Oh, I'll put it back to how it was
2: beforehand. Cause they don't care. Hmm. Yeah. I feel but, like, I feel yeah, like they, in my leasing experience, it's just as like, as long as when you move out, everything's good, which is how I wish it yeah.
0: was. We had, um there was a little garden, when we first moved in, it was just dirt. And we filled it up with sand and put some pavers and rocks in and turned it into a spot for our barbecue to sit. They came around and did an inspection and had a go at us. So I'm like, I've literally improved <laughs> your house and you're having a go at me. Is stupid. Like, we put bark in the gardens and, and, like, made it all nice. And they're like, you cannot do that without permission. Like, we just put value on your house and you're just having a go at like it. You
1: like, you put mulch? Like, you literally oh, just... We, like, we...
0: Wow! Not, not just mulch. Like we we added plants and stuff as well. Right. But yeah, because we did because we did that, they they weren't happy. Wow!
1: Yet. So the people yeah. here are way nicer. They would have been like, "Oh my god, thank you," because <laughs> we weren't going to do that. Like,
0: yeah, just... as I've said to my wife so many times, I wish that I could rent off someone I know. Yeah, because I would do their house up so much. Because like, not only is it
2: fun for me, but it's going to give me content. Right and. Like, I just feel like so much of the time, <laughs> landlords are people who don't seem like they should be landlords. I thought before, like <laughs> I've, I feel like I would be a great landlord. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've well, so my right house landlord. is owned by like
0: four four siblings. I think I think it's like two couples, like two brothers or something, and like their partners or something. So like to them, it's just the investment. They don't care. Yeah,
2: that's why it's, it's so much nicer brothers. when you. Yeah, it's so much nicer when you have someone who's like invested like lives nearby, they care about the building. Maybe they live in it. Always yeah. cool. there,
1: so I've been a landlord before. It's sometimes you can care too much.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's also, I also would imagine it's really difficult to like draw boundaries, especially if you live in the same building.
1: I, when I was a landlord, I lived in the same house. Yeah. So I, I rented, like I had a five bedroom house and I rented the four other bedrooms out.
0: Mm-hmm. Was- so, so funny. Well, it doesn't start off funny, but funny story. So my, I live in a duplex. So like there's a house attached to my house. Um, and the person that's living there lived in the house separate, like the separate house next door in the next block to that, her house burnt down about two years ago. So she's living in the house attached to mine and then owns the block next door, started building a duplex. And I'm like, not only would I hate to, um, be the builders who has like the owner living next door, <laughs> just staring at him the whole time. But then she's like going to sell off one of them. Well, she was going to rent it, but I think she's selling it now. But when she was going to rent it, I'm like, so you're going to live in one that's attached to the people that are renting. Like that would just drive me insane.
1: It, it can be you great. You do anything. Or horrible. It It's either that's- the best <laughs> of times or it was the worst of times. <laughs>
2: And just real quick, one yeah. more other thing on that. And that, that's why like co-ops are so cool because you get a bunch of people that all want to live together. They all buy the house together. And then like you have a – you figure out how like we're all going to make this a better place and we have rules for living. So I feel like that's the ideal situation.
1: Right. Until you yeah. live with someone whose rule is if you want a clean dish, then you're, then you should be the one to clean it, not the person who dirtied it, which is <laughs> what I lived with. And I went – What do you mean? What do you mean? Uh, Whoever dirties the dish cleans the dish. It doesn't make any sense. Anyways, that's.
0: Cook doesn't clean where I come from.
1: Well, yeah. If you're cooking. If you're you're cooking, that's like Fast and the Furious, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is random that I got a movie reference. But, uh, anyways. (laughs) Anyways.
0: Moving on. Alright, do we want to move on to uh, our clip-mandations? Yeah, but first, why don't we... And we'll come back to Patreon.
2: Oh, Oh, okay.
1: (laughs) Oh, uh, uh, Mackie's doing it different. Mix it up a little
2: bit. Yeah. Alright, Grant, you want to start?
1: Alright, so to go along with what happened to me this week, I'm going to recommend that everyone goes out and buys a welder. Whatever it is, just buy (laughs) one. It's helpful to have a welder uh, uh my friend has one luckily so but i would like to have one one day uh that way you know i don't have to go i don't have to tow my trailer with a broken frame down the street while it's like literally every bump i could i could hear it just like Breaking <laughs> even further. Oh. Uh, but I was like, I was t- like. am
0: skipping JB right
1: Yeah, now. JB Weld's perfect. JB Weld, maybe a couple extra <laughs> bolts. You're good to go. Okay. But, uh, Real
2: talk is JB Weld literally anything other than epoxy? Or is it just gray epoxy?
1: It's gray epoxy that works on metal.
2: Okay. I'm skeptical. Doesn't it have like metal in it?
1: <laughs> yeah. But it's not like I've. Yeah. Okay, other than the one time I used JB Weld on my bandsaw. And it's still working to this day. I've never used it and it worked ever.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah, I've used it once and I don't remember what I used it on.
1: Every other time the thing literally broke immediately when I – like I looked at it and went, are you you dry now? And it was like, (laughs) yeah, I'm dry. And I went, okay, (laughs) let me touch you. And it just fell apart. I went, I don't understand why everyone thinks JB Weld is the best. (laughs) Uh, So have a real welder.
2: All right. Well, I'll go next. Uh, yeah. I want to get a welder, by the way. That's on the list. Maybe not in this apartment. Maybe at the next one. So, hey,
1: it, Well, maybe Wilder you should move out apartment. of an apartment and there's rent
2: home. a home. There, yeah. There's a will. There's a way. Um, so I'm a big fan of the band Wolfpack. They're an incredible mm-hmm. funk band. Um, They are a very talented group of guys that give off the vibe of just being like a very funny group of friends and their digital this, Wolfpack itself. Isn't my clamidation. It is, but it's more specific than that. So they have always been like at the cutting edge of digital marketing. Back in 2014, they put out a Spotify album called sleepify. And it was literally just 10, 30 second tracks of silence. And they told their fans, go and listen to this while you sleep. And they used the royalties from that, which I think totaled about $100,000 to pay for their tour. Of course, Spotify took it down at a certain point, but at that point, they already made like 100 grand. So uh, mission accomplished. So they're always like, they just have such an incredible close relationship with their fans. We're like, sometimes their fans will make jokes that are funnier than Wolfpack itself. They actually, one thing they did recently was they put out an album and they told all their fans to green screen themselves in front of the band because it's just an instrumental and do a song to the, to the make a cover of the song, green screen themselves in front. And they're like posting them all to their YouTube channel. So those are all like blowing up, but the coolest thing they did recently. Sorry, this is a very long winded way of coming around.
1: (laughs) Um, That's a Morley way of coming
2: around. That's a Morley way of coming around. If I ever heard one, they, the guy who's kind of the genius behind Wolfpack, his name is, or at least the the face of Wolfpack. His name is Jack Stratton. So he put a video on their YouTube channel saying that they are auctioning off the 10th track on their most recent album. It's on eBay. You can go look at it right now. And the winner of the auction, which I think from the date of this recording expires in 23 days, they get two minutes and 30 seconds on the track and they get naming rights. The bid right now is at $50,100. <laughs> So in this, video, that is in this video, they're like, your band could buy it. Your band could be in a Wolfpack album. Apple could buy it and put an ad on it. Um, so with the way eBay works, you don't know who's bidding on it. It's a, bl- it's a blind auction. They won't know until – you actually may never know until the album yeah. comes yeah. out. So as always, they are – I mean, Wolfpack is like the Dane Cook of music. Dane Cook revolutionized digital marketing for comedians – in a way that people weren't doing it before grant shaking his head i don't grant what do you he, he
1: just he stole everything so okay yeah he's like literally the biggest thief in comedy and that's why you okay. don't hear from him anymore but
2: i can't i can't speak to that but i will <laughs> forget about Dan cook Wolfpack <laughs> is they're just always coming out of the gate with something like so creative
1: he's the, the steve jobs
2: yeah, fine. They're the Steve Jobs of it. They're always coming out with something that's so creative that, they're like, no one else is doing this. Like, whenever you think that every way of making it as an individual creator has been done before, Wolfpack is like, nope, we're just switching it up. And it's not even just their marketing, like, their songs, their videos, they're so unique. And I don't know. I've just felt so inspired by them this week, especially, like, kind of in between projects and thinking, like, there's enough people out there all doing the same thing. Um, do the cool thing that you want to do. Like Wolfpack is not wasting any time trying to please everyone. They are doing it their way and it's working and people love it.
1: What I love about it is so like a couple years ago when I was looking into like, Oh, should I start a channel or not? I I watched, uh, Mattia uh, Steve Ramsey and John Heise. They all talked about now there's no room anymore. It's oversaturated. I went, there's always room for someone to do something different. Yes. Right? And it's all about, like, there's there's room for someone to do something creative and new and different. And what we don't have is room for for people to do exactly what they're doing. There's no room for someone to come with a new Steve Ramsey. There's not a room. Like, he's taken. Steve Ramsey is done. Right? Yes. Matthias Wandel is done. Right, you don't need another one. There's no room for another one of those, but there are still people today who put out new videos on the very similar like I build things, like I make my own tools. Okay, Matthias Wandel, John Heise, I make my own tools. There are people who make their own tools who get a million views on their first video. Mm -hmm. Right, it still happens today. That's why I like things like it's those people who think outside. Of the box, and when you told me about this, uh, Wolf Pack or whatever, I can't. Well, what I can't say the name Wolfpack. very well.
2: It's like yeah. Wolf Pack, but with a German yeah. accent.
1: Okay, <laughs> I, you're out of the accent guy, so not me. Wolfpack. Um, yeah, and
0: you just need to add some anger of Wolf
1: Wolfpack. Pack. Wolf Uh, Wolf Uh, anyways, uh, that's enough for that. That is awesome to me. I love that recommendation. I'm going to go uh, bid on
2: that now. Just just oh, mortgage, yeah? <laughs> off,
1: mortgage off my house. Why not?
2: Get a Grant Alexander video on the new Wolfbeck album.
1: Yeah, video like an audio, just <laughs> literally saw cutting for. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So to anyone who's feeling a little uninspired or anything, just go check out their YouTube channel. Everything they're doing is so cool.
0: That and sounds interesting
2: awesome. And new. All right, Adam what about you cool.
0: so yeah so i bought um i bought this for my son actually so i've been doing um these video been trying to think of these videos to do with my son that people could do with their kids and stuff and he's only 4 years old but um i bought spiral scroll spiral blades for the scroll saw um so like they cut in any direction oh And my thinking was like with him, so I was going to cut out a dinosaur because he asked for a dinosaur and then he can just cut it into random shapes and then like have a puzzle. Um, So with that, I thought if I get the spiral, he doesn't have to think about what direction he can just move it around. Well, I put one in the other day to cut out this template for the legs for my, uh, because we make a lamp thing. And like, it is so cool. That is amazing. You don't have to try and turn the wood like you just move it around, and it's it's such a cool tool. Like it, I would never use normal blades again.
1: What's (laughs)
0: it is? It cuts so smoothly. Like it's just so nice to use. That's so cool.
2: Is there like any downside? Like, does the cutting behavior behave differently from like a traditional blade?
0: I don't think so, um, because like you just you make it tighter. If it's not cutting straight, just make it tighter, and then like you can cut straight. Um, yeah, I, I haven't found a downside yet. I mean, I haven't used it that much, but like from what I've used it so far, like it's such an amazing, like tool, even I was cutting on the bandsaw to cut out the template and like my bandsaw didn't have the throat that I needed to turn the wood. So I thought oh, I'll try the spiral bit. I ended up just doing the whole thing with a spiral bit cause it was so much like nicer and better to use.
1: So the only thing with the spiral bits is they don't have the same, like a scroll saw, you can get some really good finish cuts uh and a spiral bit doesn't have as yeah. good of a finish
2: so like if you wouldn't really use it for inlay. like really like uh what's what's that guy he does amazing scroll saw work and he's really funny i know it's a terrible description god like, dang it scroll it, saw justin or something he does crazy inlay stuff
1: he might like it depends on what you're doing like if you need those super tight things you might use it but the problem is sometimes you don't yeah. – it, it'll give like a slightly less rough – a slightly rougher uh, finish.
2: Yeah, so it's – on Twitter, I, it's – I would have never thought of that. On anyway. Twitter, it's scrib. His name's Justin. Scribbler right. on um, Instagram. He does like insane detail work, stuff that – I would assume with any blade though, you would still need to
0: do some finishing. Yeah. Like sanding and stuff.
1: So yeah. But it's, like, how much. The, yeah. And I think it's, like, one of those things that it's, like, it's a small amount. And if the, like, the amount of time you save by using this, like, the, anyways, it doesn't really matter.
2: That's cool. I, think it's, I mean, it sounds great. perfect for yeah. what you're doing. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah, it was. It was cool. Yeah. It cut through, like, a half-inch MDF, like, butter. Mm. So,
2: all right. Well, before we wrap it up, uh, yeah. huge shout out to TF Turning for the theme song. As I've said hey. before, yeah.
1: What well, you're not you're not the host, Morley. Let Adam do it.
2: I'm just I'm keeping it loose. <laughs> I can thank him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so TF Turning, he, he has, he has a he has a YouTube channel in case you didn't know.
2: Oh really?
0: yeah. Which we link down below. Sometimes. I think I don't
2: know, Molly. You do the show notes. Do you link him down below? <laughs> uh, I will this time. <laughs> I don't know. Do people even click the show notes? I feel like most people just type stuff in.
0: Who knows?
1: So well, I don't know. let us know if you Adam. Want to don't notes, forget to thank our answers. patrons.
0: Yeah, I'm going to thank our Patreon. So, um, if you want to hear more of us in the before and after show, you can check us out on Patreon.
1: Yeah, for little, Adam is frozen on,
2: and,
0: on Zoom uh, for me. Hello. Yeah, I think I think my internet just dropped.
2: All right. Well, since we can't hear Adam, <laughs> <laughs> huge shout out to the Patreon supporters, um, Leroy, what? and I can't see the end of it because Grant wrote in the show notes, uh, Big Rock Timberworks. My memory also works. Oh. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much, Leroy.
1: Is the F clamp.
2: Yeah, at the F clamp level. Um anyone who supports us on Patreon gets access to the after show. Uh and the pre-show it's, as well if we do that. Yeah. We do we talk about what we're drinking beforehand and afterwards. We talk about yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. I mean, maybe we'll the next episode.
1: Yeah, we also do a uh posts every week of pictures of things that we either talked about or showed on camera, as oftentimes Adam likes to show things on camera what Wallace were are talking, and this week actually Morley decided he wanted to show something, so we'll do that this time.
2: Yeah, I think this is my first uh first Patreon. It's not really a sneak peek, but it is a it is a very large set of bolt cutters. I will say yeah. that I overpaid for.
1: Oh no, this is anyways.
2: Adam, Adam, <laughs> Adam it, <full laughs> disappeared. We don't know where <laughs> he went. <laughs> he got sucked into the internet ether.
1: <laughs> right. So. I guess this is a good time to say where, where everyone can be found other than Adam because he's gone. He's disappeared. Oh oh he's coming back. He's coming back. Okay. Oh I got things. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well well Adam gets himself settled <laughs> again.
2: Insane. Uh you can find me at Morley Kurt Everywhere. Grant, where can people find you?
1: The Grant Alexander. Mainly on YouTube and Instagram, but also on thegrantalexander.com. dot com.
2: And Adam, just in time for your appearance. Where can people <laughs> find you?
1: Find me
0: at and I'm going to leave it there. All right. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Bye.
1: Bye. So, what are you drinking?
2: Uh, so I had a little bit of a hectic afternoon, so I started earlier, but I polished off one of these guys, a little St. Amboise apricot wheat ale, which are very nice. Ooh, Sorry, I just clicked right into the mic. That probably wasn't a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Adam.
1: Well, tonight right. I'm drinking an, another Ashton Brewery Session Ale. So nice. a Session Ale is a, it's a 4%, so it's a lighter beer. So it's, it's a nice one for, you know, having a session.
2: Is session like a real, is it a specific term?
1: Yes. It is a specific type of beer, like an IPA or a a wheat beer or anything like that.
2: It's very misleading. Like I always think session means like seasonal, like it's just a, a one-off.
1: That's a saison.
2: Oh, another (laughs) two syllable S word.
1: Yeah. But no, I've seen saison beers. And they're usually seasonal. Uh, so I, I get where you're coming from, and I can see the confusion. But what are you, Adam, or as we can call you, Mackie, because you don't like being called Adam? I'm,
0: I'm drinking coffee. Oh, nice. Yes.
1: What? Well, what yeah. kind of coffee is it?
0: Uh, Robert Timms. It's just black with no, mil- no milk. Well, that's why it's black um, and no <laughs> sugar. <laughs> my, my, uh, I use coffee tea. They're like tea bags, but they're coffee. And then just add boiling water and it's done. Huh. Oh.
2: That's how I like oh, interesting. coffee. That doesn't sound very good. It's really good.
0: I um, To go back 10 years ago, I'd order a, like a cappuccino from Macca's and I'd put like 13 sugars in it. So, yeah.
1: So now you're a coffee snob.
0: Um, Nah, definitely not. I I told people and they're like, "Oh, you should try this coffee. It's so nice." And it's disgusting. It's got to be like it can't be heaps strong and stuff. And but yeah, it's good. It's healthy for you. But so
1: that's how my dad uh, switched to only drinking black coffee and, and lost a bunch of weight.
0: I forgot to mute my devices.
1: My I like your ala ding.
2: a little bit of realism. <laughs>